Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us on the Weekly Standard is Steve Hayes for a week in review. And Steve, here is the question I have. Watching Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump going hammer and tong after each other this week, all I could think to myself was, it's June 2nd. It's June 3rd. Are they really going to stay, to uh, quote that great political philosophy film, Spinal Tap, are they really going to stay at 11 all the way through? There's, there's no, there's no, no warm-up, no sparring, no couple of rounds to feel the combatants out. They're just gonna, it's going to be cleats high between now and November. And what does that do to the electorate? Yeah, we are not tiptoeing into the general election <laughs> by any stretch. Uh, well, look, I mean, uh, to, to a certain extent, this is to be expected, right? I mean, this is what Obama did so successfully to Mitt Romney in 2012, was immediately at the end of the Republican primary, the Obama team sought to define Mitt Romney. And I think had tremendous success in, in doing it, defining him as a, you know, as, as a big money guy, a Wall Street guy, somebody who didn't care about you, somebody who would fire you, all of these things that, in, in a sense, were recycled from the Republican primary. And then sort of highlighted and accentuated by the Obama campaign. And I think they did a masterful job of defining Mitt Romney. That's what Hillary Clinton is attempting to do right now. She gave this speech, uh, foreign policy speech, yesterday, uh, citing all of the ways in which Donald Trump is dangerous, is unfit to be commander in chief. And in effect, using many of the arguments that we've made in the pages of the Weekly Standard or that conservative columnists have made across the country, Charles Krauthammer and others, to, to hit Donald Trump hard and try to define him as unhinged and unfit to be president. At the same time, Donald Trump didn't exactly back into this fight when he uh, responded to a question from the Washington Post last week about Vince Foster and su suggesting that it was possible uh, that the Clintons may have had a hand in this. So, yeah, I think... To a certain extent, it, this is to be expected, this level of intensity right at the end of a primary. Uh, but I do expect that we'll see this basically for the next five months. Well, then let me ask you about the other aspect of this week, the uh, violence at the Donald Trump rally, uh, where you saw, a, a, if you've, and many people have seen the video of the uh, blonde woman being egged and spat upon, wearing her Trump uh, outfit, you know, Trump shirt, uh, you know, fists flying, etc. And then the message from the... Uh, one of the political leaders, I think it was a mayor in the area, saying, yeah. this is Donald Trump's fault. When is he going yes. to fix his problem? Are we going to see six months of nonstop, not just violence, uh, Steve Hayes, but pe uh, people on the left defending violence as completely accessible, uh, 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 completely uh, reasonable and and uh, and required? Yeah, it was, was a mayor, mayor of San Jose, who is also a Hillary Clinton supporter, basically saying, in effect, he asked for it. I mean, it's a ridiculous claim from the mayor. There's some question as to whether the police did everything they could to to, to step in and prevent this violence. I mean, certainly in, in several of the videos that I've seen, the police are basically nowhere to be seen. Um, and you've had some indications that, that they weren't exactly uh, eager to, to break up these fights. Um, look, we've seen this before at Trump rallies. I think this is thuggery of the worst order. Uh, I think it's incumbent upon Democrats to speak out against it, to condemn it, to make clear that it, it's unacceptable and won't be tolerated, and to do so in very strong terms. Look, we, we know that over the next five months, everything that Donald Trump says uh, is going to be fly-specked, and every Republican across the country is going to be asked 
to answer for it. I don't particularly feel bad for Republican elected officials uh, that that's the case, particularly the ones that have endorsed or embraced or, or otherwise enthusiastically touted Donald Trump. Uh, they own it. That's what the media will do. The same should happen with Democrats here. I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton should be, be made to answer for this. Um, her supporters should be asked about it. Democratic politicians should be asked about it. I mean, in, in many of these cases, uh, at least according to the videos that, that we've seen, uh, these, these assaults, and they were assaults, happened uh, out of the blue. I mean, one guy I saw uh, wearing a yellow shirt, a Trump supporter, got smacked in the side of the head with a backpack uh, and was bleeding profusely down the side of his face. Uh, said, you know, when a reporter asked him, did you do anything to instigate this? He said, of course, I didn't do anything to instigate it. But, uh, you know, even if he had said something, it, that's uh, a disproportionate and unacceptable response. I would hope Steve, that stop the right there. Stop right there. Stop. It. Stop right there. Because the idea of being asked, hey, you got beat in yeah. the head at a political rally. What did you do to cause it? I can guarantee you that if someone shows up at a Hillary Clinton rally or Bernie Sanders rally or Black Lives Matter rally yeah. and, uh, you know, and hit someone else, no one's going to say, well, what did they do to ask for it? That's just not going to happen. And that's no, what, and if you survey the headlines, if you survey the headlines about these incidents uh, in San Jose, they're absurd. They're 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 all written in the passive voice as if this violence just happened out of nowhere. Violence erupts at Trump rally. It's right. not violence erupts. It's leftist thugs attack Trump supporters. I mean, that's the accurate way to to describe what happened. And this is what's interesting to me is I uh, do a, a radio appearance in Ireland via satellite every week. And the host asked me about this because Trump's coming to Ireland and there's some talk about how he should be treated and what blah, blah, blah. And, I, and, and they expect there'll be protests, not necessarily violent. But when I pointed out this violence and how you know, Hillary supporters and Bernie supporters have been committing this violence, the response from the host, this progressive but news guy you know, in Ireland was, well, Trump's people are just as violent. And you go, well, wait, 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 what are you talking Where are the Trump people showing up at, uh, at Hillary rallies? Where are the Trump people showing up at Bernie rallies? That's not happening. It's not. Let's say. Let's be fair. I mean, it was the case at several rallies in the past that Trump uh, supporters have attacked protesters, and in some cases, protesters who weren't doing anything other than protesting. So, you know, I'm not trying to draw some equivalency or saying that that you know that past violence by Trump supporters somehow justifies or excuses this violence being conducted by the, these leftists. Uh, but but there is some culpability uh, on Trump's. Uh, you know, support from Trump supporters, and even Trump, who has said in the past, right. you know, he, he has used language that has, in a sense, welcomed violence. Again, doesn't justify what's happened here, uh, which is unacceptable and unjustifiable uh, on any uh, on any level. But Trump has done this in the past. Right. Let's talk about one other thing that happened this week, a couple of things that are related. The, um, the, the IG's report on Hillary's emails, you and I have not talked about that for a podcast since then. And then this, uh, the State Department being caught red-handed editing uh, their uh, contents to hide uh, the disclosure that the White House had repeatedly lied about one-on-one -on -one negotiations with Iran long before the Iran deal was, uh, was in the news. And from the can this last another five or six months, can we have five or six months of stonewalling on stories like this? Is that going to work, too? 
we've had three years of stonewalling on stories like this. In some cases, I mean, look at look at the edited State Department video. I mean, the State Department edited out a question that uh, my Fox News colleague James Rosen had asked then. State Department spokeswoman Jen Psaki about whether there had been, and before that, Toria Newland, about whether there had been direct contact between Iran and the United States in advance of uh, the diplomacy that led to this um, disastrous Iran nuclear deal. And there had been denials from the administration that there had been any of this direct negotiations. And in fact, there was, and there were direct lies that the administration told. And then it was that section of the videotape was simply edited uh, from what was on the State Department's website, sort of extraordinary. And what's what's really uh, troubled me about this incident beyond the obvious fact that the State Department is uh, attempting to, to sort of black hole uh, this evidence of State Department officials lying is that this is the kind of thing that, you know, media navel gazers and people at, at media think tanks spend their entire lives uh, decrying when it happens from Republicans administ- Republican administrations or conservatives do these kinds of underhanded things. And yet you've barely heard a peep out of the, the media scolds. Um, criticizing the Obama administration for this. But let's let's also be clear about what that incident represents. It's one incident. I think it's a significant incident. This is what the Obama administration has done systematically, whether you're talking about rewriting the Benghazi talking points, whether you're talking about creating an echo chamber on the Iran deal. For, from beginning to end, the Obama administration, particularly the State Department, but across the administration, has engaged in this kind of deceptive behavior. Examples are numerous. And they basically have skated by because, as you suggest, they're able to just push this down the road, push this down the road. And then when they're when they're finally caught red handed, as happens this time, they say, oh, that's old news. That's old. news." Right. But it is also bizarre to have you know the State Department saying we don't know who did. This. What do you mean you don't know who did? this? That's we don't absurd. have the technology to do. What do you mean you don't have that? It happened. It's like Hillary Clinton's claims. Oh, everybody knew I had this email. And then you have the IG report saying no, everybody did not know. In fact, almost nobody knew. It caused tremendous confusion. And the and Hillary Clinton still is looking the can't looking you in the eye and saying everybody knew. Everybody, that's we know yeah. that's not true. And so I want to ask again. Is it going to be six months of nonstop name calling at the you know, highest order, just you know, bash attacks, uh, uh, violence in the streets, and blatant shameless lying? And if it is, is anyone going to show up and vote for this? It's like the world's worst circus. Who's going to be there for the big finish when people go ta da? Isn't the yeah, crowd I mean, just going to leave? It's such a good question. I mean. You know, it, it's particularly acute, obviously, on I think on the administration side, where we've seen this over the, the past seven years, and they really have gotten away with um, inc- incredible amount of uh, just outright deception right. uh, beyond just the spinning that you you grow accustomed to if you cover these things. I mean, they're just flat out lying and lying repeatedly. Um, Again, we've we've seen this for the Trump campaign. I mean, Trump himself just makes stuff up. I mean, he makes stuff up on a routine basis. And I think the real challenge for journalists is to try to fact check these candidates in an environment where it seems increasingly that people just don't care. I mean, it's so it's it's I mean, I've done this myself. I've gone over a 
a Hillary Clinton speech or going over a Trump speech and you can highlight, get out your highlighter and highlight 10 or 12 things that they say that are categorically untrue and write a story demonstrating that in Nobody cares. This doesn't seem to matter. And I think, you know, interestingly, this is a bit of a tangent. But what we've seen increasingly in people covering this stuff is is uh, uh, basically giving up, saying, eh, right. I'm not even going to try to do that. So instead, like Donald Trump's uh, speech attack in the media where he had a number of, of whoppers, instead of people really spending time fact-checking that speech, they wrote about the speech as just a purely political matter. Will it be successful? Will it help him? Will it hurt him? Without actually taking the time to determine whether what he said was true. And I think we've seen that again, uh, increasing with the administration and, and on Hillary's email scandal in particular, where journalists have just lost interest. Let me just plug uh, a current piece in, in this latest issue of the Weekly Standard by Shannon Coffin, who's a, a national security lawyer who's dealt with these issues forever. I would argue that it is the single best piece that's been written on Hillary Clinton's emails, period, end of discussion. From beginning to end, it lays, it lays out why the server is the problem. Uh, it's the kind of piece you, you get and you send to all of your friends or post on Facebook, tweet it out as the definitive answer to what Hillary Clinton has done and why she should be legally culpable. And that's the definitive answer for the end of this podcast. Steve Hayes, thanks so much for joining us. We appreciate your time. You bet. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.